Hi there. Welcome to episode six of Authors and Audiences. I'm Caroline Leach. I'm a Scottish Texan and a young adult novelist. And I also coach authors and illustrators to present themselves and their books in public with confidence and professionalism so that they can not only connect with their readers and sell more books, but they can also impress their publishers and sell more books. On Authors and Audiences, my amazing guests and I will share with you our top presentation tips and key promotion strategies to help you feel really powerful whenever you're talking to one person or to a thousand. So wherever you are on the publishing path and whatever sort of books you create, Authors and Audiences is for you. I'm thrilled to have been joined this week by best-selling novelist Chris Kander. She spent this summer launching and promoting her latest book, A Gracious Neighbour, which is her fourth published novel and is set here in Houston. If you haven't listened to my main interview with her, you can find that on the Authors and Audiences page and it's episode five. But today's episode is a short bonus treat in which Chris faces the A&A Q&A. In other words, the audiences and authors' questions and answers. And in it, she answers a handful of questions at speed and just for fun. Not only is this episode a bit of fun, it should relax you too. Because you might be able to hear the lovely wind chimes which hang outside Chris's office window. And as she told us in her interview, those wind chimes are her equivalent of a musical playlist when she's working. Welcome to Authors and Audiences, our bonus feature uh, for this week, which is uh, welcoming back Chris Kander. And if you haven't listened to Chris's first episode, our main interview, then you can go back uh, onto uh, www.authorsandaudiences.com and listen to that because it was it was long because you and I can chat hind leg off a donkey, as they say. Um, <laughs> but Chris Kander is coming back. Uh, with us to do our bonus Q&A episode now. So I'm going to be asking her some shorter and sweeter questions and then a bit of a fun lightning round at the end. Okay. So do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert and why? I'm an extroverted introvert um, because I judge it on how I get my energy and where it flows, I get, I am restored when I'm alone and I expend when I'm uh, engaged with audiences, but I'd love to do it. So it's not, um, it's not something that I try to avoid. It's just that I have to recover from it. Something I meant to ask you actually to follow up in the first episode, you were talking about these big book tours that you've done and how we moved on to how nervous you were about them. But what I wanted to know was how do you keep yourself going and how you know, for people who are being sent off, say, on their first book tour or or a bigger one, how did you keep yourself healthy and how did you keep yourself, your energy restored if you're traveling from city to city on a daily basis and talking to, you know, all these booksellers? And because, you know, you're doing bookseller things as well as audience things. Mm -hmm. uh, the short answer is I didn't. I mean, the first time I came home from a big you know, a couple of months national tour, I had shingles 
And the second time I came home from being months on the road, I had a flu that lasted for three weeks. So I was able to hold it together um, in, in order to engage, but it was at a huge physical cost and psychological cost too. I mean, I didn't want to do anything for weeks afterward because it was so much of being on uh, that is not customary for me. And so I, it took me a while to recover. I think that it, what I would do differently is build in a lot more quiet time. I didn't realize how taxing it would be to not only travel and engage with the public that way, but also have lunches with booksellers or you know reps, and then immediately go to dinner with someone else and then go to a bookstore and present to an audience and then go for you know, coffee or cocktails with another group of people, and then to wake up in the morning and go to a different city and do it all over again. And I would definitely try to spread it out more, um, do more virtual events, and and also to make sure that um, you're taking your vitamins and drinking enough water and getting your greens because it is hard to be on the road that long. Yeah. Now, I love personality tests. I'm a I'm a big fan of kind of Myers Briggs and Enneagram and, and things like that. Are you at all interested in that? And have you done any of them? I have. I don't know my Enneagram number, um, but I've done the Myers Briggs, and I'm an INTJ, which is the architect. I'm uh, yeah. not that I know that off the top of my head. I've got it written down in front of me. And quiet and introverted. They're known for having a rich inner world, which absolutely just about sums you up. And a lot, <laughs> an awful lot of authors, actually. And, and I think that's possibly a direct opposite of, of me um, because I'm an, what am I doing? I'm an ENFP um, <laughs> who just will never shut up, I think, is probably the, the description <laughs> you get from me. Um, was that interesting to find out or actually was it not worth even doing because you knew that already? No, I think it was interesting to to see if, if it reflected what I thought of myself. Um, I tried to take those, I try to occasionally take those tests just to see, you know, if I'm being really honest with myself and, you know, nobody's looking. So, you know, I'm, I can say anything I want or answer any way that I want. And I was delighted to see that it reflected what I thought to be true. Excellent. So looking back to childhood, were you read to as a child? Can yeah. you remember? And and if so, what books were significant in that memory? So my mom read to me all the time, and I still have a, a selection of the little golden books that she read to me. I have so many good memories of reading those books. Um, and then, you know, it... it I felt like she was she was an English major and an English teacher, and so she had a love of language and vocabulary and story. And she is the one who introduced me to to reading and to listening and storytelling. What's your very first memory of presenting or acting or performing? I was I was the one I have is I was three, and my sister and I rehearsed the Rainbow Song. <laughs> with felt pens and performed it to the uh, babysitter, this lovely old lady who came to look after us, Mrs. Valentine. And that's the first time I can remember. And I must have been maybe three-ish when we did that. So do you it. have a memory like that? I can remember a traumatic uh, choir performance because I'm not a singer. <laughs> and I, 
I had to wear a long dress and I, my mom sewed it for me. And I thought, you know, why not be expressive? I was in eighth grade and I was, we were singing Copacabana of all things. <laughs> of this performance. And I had my mother make me a very long skirt out of uh, Kelly green uh, chintz with pink alligators on it. And everybody else came in these beautiful Laura Ashley dresses that you know, were <laughs> very refined looking and I looked like a clown. <laughs> I sounded even worse. So that was a little <laughs> traumatic. <for me. laughs> I'm glad things have turned around since then. <laughs> and, and do you ever read aloud now? Is there something that you either read aloud to yourself or read aloud to other people? Yeah, I said the last time I read aloud was when I was teaching uh, my wits classes. And, you know, of course, when my kids were little, I read aloud to them every single night and told them original stories every single night. And I do miss that. I miss that time, that interaction. Um, but I don't do it anymore. Maybe I should. Mm. The thing I do was is when I'm writing, and I have to edit or revise, I very often read large tracts aloud so that I bring my brain down to the speed of my mouth because you see so many more typos or echoes or weird repetitions when you read it aloud than if you scan it. And and I, I love reading my stuff aloud, um, even if it's only to myself. And uh, yeah. That that's sadly the only time I read aloud now. I should I should do something about that. I mean, I guess we have too many entertainment options. It used to be something that was standard part of a family's you know evening was reading to each other, right? Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so, what do you go way way back? What do you wish you'd known before you started writing for publication about publication? Yeah, about an author's life now? Uh, not to have too many expectations because far too many things that are unpredictable can happen and they can feel, um, it can feel really disruptive and challenging. But I think going in with the expectation that it's going to be a really windy path and that you'll suffer failure and disappointment and all those things are necessary and unique to you as an as a writer and and I look back now uh, from where I am and I'm very grateful for the for the disappointments because it made me I proved to myself that I was resilient as a writer and that I was doing it for reasons that were uh, not related to um, recognition you know I was doing it for the joy of it and I. I think I'd said this earlier that I, I'm now trying really to stay connected to that joy in writing. I don't want to focus on what's going to happen next or who's going to like it. And, um, and another piece of advice I wish I'd given myself was don't ever read your own reviews. Um, I stopped after, not because I had my feelings hurt, but I just recognized that it was, it was um, too much introspection and too much, caring about what other people thought about a project that I had really poured my heart into and was already out in the world and wasn't going to change. And so I stopped and I have not done it. I don't look at reviews. I have no idea. I don't want to know. I don't want anyone to tell me um, because it doesn't serve me. It doesn't 
make me happier and it doesn't make me a better writer. If I were to get professional feedback, that's one thing. But just, you know, blather on the internet, it can be more hurtful than helpful. And so that goes for good review, good reviews and bad reviews. So you just don't read reviews at all. Not anymore. I think, yeah, I think that's that's right. Especially Goodreads. You know, good. Every author needs to remember that Goodreads is for readers, not for writers. Right. And if you can avoid Goodreads, do. Yeah. And if you need a wee boost that tells you that people love you, then get somebody else to go and look and see that tell you that people love your book but you know as you say if you can get past that all all the better um so i love book recommendations what's the very best book not just the best book but the very best book that you've read recently okay i was gonna i'm glad you qualified with recently because that list is far too long but i just i mean in the last in the last couple of months week i can give you a week um maria maria a short story collection uh, by Maritza Rubio. And what was really interesting about it is this fabulous uh, collection of stories and then one novella uh, that that explores like ancestral Marias and these two main Maria characters from a, a family. And it, there's witchcraft. So, I mean, again, you mentioned that we're dealing or we're recording this in late October. So it's kind of perfect for, it's not scary spooky but it's kind of witchy spooky and beautifully written really compelling um absolutely loved the opening story and i highly recommend it so fantastic excellent well we'll put a link to that uh in the show notes and so super fast lightning round okay one more dancers you can add a few bits in if you'd like to but which do you prefer when you're reading real books ebooks audiobooks Real books. Why? I like to be able to feel them and smell them. Listening. Do you just every day, do you listen to audiobooks, radio, podcasts? I actually listen to very little. I have a set of wind chimes that hangs outside my office window, and that is my lullaby, and I've had them for 12 years or more. And I use the time that's quiet to think and so I don't listen to very much at all. Interesting. So what's your favourite watching? Is it, you know, do you do movies, TVs, documentaries, dramas, game shows, or do you not? Do you no, sit I, in the I'm, I'm a Netflix person, and I, um, especially if I'm sick and I've, you know, had to lie in bed, sometimes holding a book is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Physical weight and, and emotional weight. Um, and I love things. I love really happy shows like the British baking show is one of my favorite things in the world (laughs) Yep, yep. because everybody's happy when they're baking. Right. So I love to watch documentaries. Um, I do like dramas and series and things like that, but um, mostly it's stuff that I can kind of just dip into and then go to bed. I have to, I do love when American friends love the British baking show or British bake off as it's known over, over in the UK um, because it's so British. (laughs) <laughs> and it's you only have to look at American MasterChef and see the tension and the anxiety and the backbiting and the setting people up to fail. And then you go to British Bake Off and it's just it's so lovely and warm so and lovely. you know it's just everyone's so happy for each other too. And when yeah. they have their little off 
site interviews, you know, they're so demure and unassuming. I just absolutely adore it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Book buying. I think you've all, you, you answered this in the last episode. Where do you, where do you buy your books? I mean, I'll, I'm a forever devoted to indie bookstores because of my relationship with Brazos bookstores and all the bookstores that I've ever visited on tour who have been gracious and hosted me and introduced me to their audiences. I feel like there's nothing like that connection. So always indie. Excellent. I have to say, I will put in a plug for the chain bookstores you know the Barnes and Noble or Waterstones or Indigo and Chapter in Canada simply because when borders crashed mm-hmm. it was a such a shock and it, and you know as an organization I understand that it crashed because of its it trying to move into the the tech world rather than the staying in the book world but I don't want to lose them either mm-hmm. but the ones that I, if you have a choice between Amazon and and um, and a, a chain store, I would go with the chain store because we do need them. But yes, my heart is with you on the indie indie bookstores, and we're very lucky here in Houston to have a few, four or five amazing yeah, indie right. indie bookstores who actually don't compete with each other. That's yeah. when you talk to them, and I'm I'm going to be talking to to a wonderful bookseller from Brazos uh, in a, an episode that's soon coming is that they don't compete with each other. They actually have a little a little um, community between themselves. Yeah. yeah, and they help each other out. And I, I well, just absolutely so love. geographically, you know, enormous that they are spread out enough that they really appeal to the people in their own communities. I mean, I love Blue Willow, but unfortunately it's a, you know, if traffic, it's a 35 to 40 minute drive each way. And as much as I love them, you know, it takes me 10 minutes to get to Brazos. So, you know, it's yeah. it's a lot of that has to do with, with geography. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was brought up, people who know Scotland, I was brought up in Edinburgh and the equivalent of me living near you and near Brazos Bookstore, a few minutes away, to going to Blue Willow Bookstore, which is the most gorgeous little bookstore out to the west of Houston. And it specializes particularly in children's books and children's events uh, mm. is where I first got to them. We're a wonderful team out there. But it's the equivalent of me driving from Edinburgh to Glasgow yeah. to go to a bookstore, which is something that actually now I probably would, to be honest. <laughs> but back, <laughs> back then when I lived there, I certainly wouldn't have. It was just bizarre. But anyway, okay, um, writing snacks. Sweet or savoury? And what do you drink when you're writing? Uh, I drink huge quantities of water. I all day long. Um, and I am savory. I'm, I don't really have a sweet tooth, but I am always thirsty. Uh, and if I start thinking about it, I'm going to get thirsty now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm drinking water and eating salty stuff. Excellent. And book launch treats, do you do cupcakes or cookies and, or wine or water? Definitely wine. <laughs> Duh. I mean, why not? Uh, probably cookies. I've done cookies. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for, for doing the, the super fast round. And uh, just remind us where we can find you. Where's your website? ChrisCander.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Caroline. 
I hope you enjoyed that bonus episode with Chris Kander and that you'll join me again next week when I'll be diving deeper into a couple of the things that she and I talked about. In the meantime, jump into the comments below and tell me something about you and about what your answers to this Q&A might be. How do you like to read? Real books, ebooks, or audiobooks? And I'll admit, I read mostly on audio these days. And when you write, are you a savoury or a sweet snacker? Yep, another confession. I'm both. If it's a snack, I'll eat it. Tell me about your favourites down in the comments. And while you're there, go to the link so you can subscribe to Authors and Audiences wherever you get your podcasts. And that way you won't miss hearing from any of my guests over the coming weeks. And you can send me a message using the link. I'd love to hear from you because if you don't tell me what you'd like me to talk about and who you'd like me to talk to, I'm just guessing that I'm going to get it right. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to chatting to you this week in the comments or on any of my social media platforms and to having you join me again next week. So goodbye from authors and audiences. (laughs) 